faith, a word packed with meaning. Sometimes it holds firm, but sometimes it wavers because life rarely goes as planned. Moms often find themselves or their children tossed to and fro by life's circumstances, revealing how we tend to put our faith in things that can't keep their promises instead of our promise-keeping God. When this happens, we feel let down, question what we believe, and wonder if God really is who He says He is. We don't feel His presence, instead feeling frazzled and unsure, but it doesn't have to be that way. Join Million Praying Moms and author Aaron H. Warren for Confident Faith, Three Prayers to Strengthen a Mom's Heart, and Learn to Put Your Faith in Our Faithful God, who keeps His promises, is always with you, and is the peace you crave. Yours free when you sign up at millionprayingmoms.com or in today's show notes. Why are so many people deconstructing their faith? Is there a healthy way to do it? Those are the questions we're going to be answering on the podcast today. Hey friends, it's Brooke McLaughlin, your host of the Million Praying Moms podcast. The mission of our time together is to help you learn to make prayer the first and best response to the challenges of parenting, a partnership between you and the God who loves your children more than you do. Together, we're learning to pray God's word for our children in the areas they need it most. Now, deconstruction is a buzzword these days. And there are some pretty big name people who are doing it and they're doing it very publicly. How much influence does this have on what our children think about their faith that we're trying to teach them in our homes? Well, I'd say it actually has a pretty large impact because of the nature of social media. They're actually getting to see people deconstruct their faith which causes them to have questions that they might not have even had, had it not been for the people that they're watching. Today, we're going to help you understand what deconstruction is so that you can help your children when they have legitimate questions about their faith. Understanding their faith and asking hard questions is not abnormal for children, but it doesn't have to go to the level that it is currently with some of the people that they may be following online. And we're going to help you figure all of that out. My guest for this entire season is Erin H. Warren. And here's why I think she's the perfect guide for our ongoing conversation. Erin went through a season where she really questioned God. I think we've all been there. If we're being honest, we've all questioned God at times in our lives. And she wondered if the things that she'd learned about him throughout the years were really true. But instead of throwing it all away based on a few serious questions, Erin did something different. She pressed in and went to the scriptures with her confusion. And she's going to tell you that story today and how God saw her through it. The other reason that I think Erin's the perfect person for this conversation is because she's the author of our latest 30-day devotional, Everyday Prayers for Faith, Finding Confidence in God No Matter What. And I love that title because it really just summarizes what we're doing on the podcast all this month, Faith No Matter What. Everyday Prayers for Faith is a 30-day devotional style book that will help you learn how to have a firm faith even when life doesn't go as planned. It's going to renew your faith in the faithfulness of God, and we can't wait to get it in your hands. You can order your copy now anywhere books are sold, or you can go to the show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Today and all month long, we're celebrating the release of this brand new book, and we're getting to know Erin a little bit better as well. After a word from our sponsors, we'll dive right in. It goes without saying, but the Bible has changed so many lives. 
Take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible, or even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many are facing. That's why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my book, Praying Mom. Simply text MOMS to 71326 to help today. That's M-O-M-S or visit give.crew.org forward slash moms. Again, that's give.cru.org forward slash moms. Message and data rates may apply. Available to U.S. addresses only. Erin, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to have you back with us today for this important conversation, the deconstruction of our faith. Now, before we jump in, before we get started, I wanted to share that when you and I were brainstorming this season, we considered calling the season Deconstructing Faith, but we actually chose Reconstructing Faith instead. And I would love it if you would kick us off by sharing your personal story of when you, quote unquote, deconstructed your faith, and then kind of try and lead us back to why we felt like Reconstructing Faith was a better title for what we're going to be talking about this month. Thank you so much, Brooke, for having me in this important conversation. Deconstruction is such a big buzzword these days. And I think there's a lot of misinformation about there or misunderstanding about it. And my story kind of with this idea of deconstruction and, and reconstructing and all that stuff, I mean, it was seven years ago, maybe almost eight. And that wasn't a thing back then. And, but looking back, I think what I did was, you know, and this is really the story of the kind of catalyst for everyday prayers for faith is that I was in the hospital with my husband and we found out he had a chronic illness, a autoimmune disease that he was going to battle the rest of his life. And even prior to this, I would hear people say things like, particularly, you know, I think about like around infertility. And then when you finally got pregnant, people would be like, God is so faithful. And I'd be like, it would just make my stomach turn because I would think, well, what does that say to the woman who's still struggling with infertility? Is God not faithful to her? And so for me, this idea of questioning faith And I think what we need to make sure that people know is that questioning your faith doesn't always look like, is God true or not? Like, am I walking away from faith completely or am I going to press in? And I think there is a healthy wrestling within, um, with our kind of walk with God and in our faith where we go, wait a second, I've been hearing something my whole life and I don't know that that's true. And that was more of where I started really kind of wrestling God going, okay, well, if you are faithful, because I knew he was faithful, I knew he was true. I knew that he had saved me. Like I knew all the big bucket kind of things were true, but I kept going, but what is your faithfulness? Because I don't think it is tied to whether I get pregnant or I get the job 
or we get the healing or we get, you know, the outcome that we want. And so I began opening my Bible and asking God, okay, what is it that your faithfulness means? Because I think I've misunderstood something about you here. And I think particularly in the eighties and nineties in church, and there's, you know, I don't want to get into that full discussion or whatever, but there was very much a, you go to church, you put on your smiley, happy face and nothing is wrong. And if you're struggling with anything, if you're having a, you know, something bad in your life, then it's a result of your lack of faith. And I don't think that's true. And that's what I was really discovering in this time of my life was how to break down the things that I had always heard, but how do I build them back up in truth? And that is found in God's word. And so I began really searching scripture for who God is, his character, and what he's promised me because spoiler alert, it's not babies and jobs and wealth and health. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I really do believe, I think I said this earlier, I really do think that for most of us that are listening today, myself included, there have been times when we've questioned things about our faith. And normally it comes when things are hard or when they are not what we expected them to be, or God is not providing the way that we think he should. This has happened to me on several occasions. Actually, as we were preparing for this podcast, I was kind of thinking back as a 45-year-old woman what were the points in my life? Like, could I think back and see when I questioned, when I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't feel right. Or wait a minute, God, what I've always believed about you might not actually be a hundred percent true, or it might be just that it needs to be tweaked a little bit so that it aligns a little bit better with what your word says, rather than what like in today's vernacular, like what a meme says, or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, there's so much that gets put out there about God and about the way he works in the world and the way he works in the human heart. That is not quite right. And like, I seriously feel like it could be a full time job just to try to point all those out. Plus, it would probably wouldn't be a good idea. I don't know how well received I would be for my friends. If I did that all the time. But but there, there's enough that I could do it all the time. Like I see them every day, things that I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't think that's exactly yeah. what the Bible says about God or the way that he relates to his people um, or the way that we're supposed to relate to him. One particular time that as I look back, I, I wouldn't have called it deconstruction at the time, because as you said, it, that wasn't really a right. thing back Same. then. But that's what I did in my early motherhood. Like the motherhood thing was really hard for me. The mm. early motherhood thing was really, really hard for me. More so even than I would think, than I would say it is now. Although the issues that we face as a family now, like with, with teenagers and young adults are harder than they were back then. That right. stage of motherhood Like I tell people that and they just kind of laugh, but I'm telling you, like, there's nothing laughable about it. It was really, really hard for me. And Mm. I remember going to God and saying, I thought that if I just worked really hard at this, you would meet me there, Lord. Mm. I just thought that because I've devoted my life to you, that you would do this for me, Lord. And even when I first started praying, 
and praying scripture in particular, there was a maybe a self-righteousness about it in the beginning where I was like, I am praying scripture. So God is going to do what I say because he has to be right? faithful to his word. And that came unraveled really quickly too. So, you know, I think sometimes we just have to look at things and be like, we have questions, God. We have questions. And most people that are listening right now, if you're being honest, would say, I have questions, God. There are times when I have had questions and maybe you've acknowledged them or maybe you've tried to stuff them, but I would say they're there. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's why it's important to have this conversation is because a lot of women out there are going, oh, well, I'm not deconstructing. I don't want to walk away from my faith, but we hear it every day. I mean, I've been you know, involved in women's ministry and leading small groups for longer than I've done it you know, more, uh, I hate using the word professionally or vocationally, but, you know, I've been doing this a long time and there's always questions of, well, that person is doing such great things for God. Why would God allow this? You know, or we, we look at something and we're like, why is God doing this? Why is God allowing that? Even that line of questioning, the root of that is usually a misunderstanding of who God is and who we are. Yeah, I would agree with that. Absolutely. So, what you're saying, and I think the point we're trying to make here is that like, we all have these moments where we don't get something about God and what he's doing in our lives or in the world around us. I've even heard people say things like, well, how could a good God allow that to happen? Yes. Well, that just reveals a lack of understanding about who right. God is. And I don't mean to be trite about that because it's a legitimate well, question. And who we are. Right. Absolutely. Yes. But I think what we're saying is it doesn't have to be asking questions about the Lord and asking him why he's doing or why he's allowing something or trying to understand who he is when who he is demonstrating himself to be doesn't match what you thought he was is not a bad thing. It's actually a really good thing. And so that's part of the reason that we decided instead of calling this season deconstructing faith, we wanted to call it reconstructing faith because asking questions is not wrong. God is big enough to handle our questions. And really, again, without titling it such or naming it as such, that's what you and I have both done in our walks. When we have had questions, we haven't allowed one question about God to just say, well, none of it can be true. If this is what I believed and it wasn't true, then none of it can be true. We didn't do that. We were like, okay, let's go to the scriptures and see if we can measure this against what God says. Yeah. A lot of people talk about, you know, it's okay to question God and it's okay. Look at the Psalms. Look what David says. But if you notice what David does in every Mm -hmm. single Psalm, he comes back to the truth of the character of God. And so, yes, we can question, but you cannot just leave it there. You can't just yell at God and question and wrestle and then leave it. We also need to take that next step to go to scripture and go, what is the truth of who you are? And tell ourselves, and this is coming up in a later episode, Mm -hmm. but telling ourselves, 
what is true, reminding us of what is true, keeping our eyes locked on that because we can't leave it at the question. And I think that's a really dangerous message that has been put out there is that there is this, it's okay to question God. It's okay to question your faith. God can handle it, but you can't leave it there. Right. You can't just be like, we're going to yell and we're going to get angry and we're going to ask God why he's allowing this in our life and then just stop. Right. And we've got to be willing yeah. to open our Bible, to come to scripture and to seek the truth where the truth is, not flip onto Instagram, not go to your favorite author. Or I would even argue if you have a great pastor who is biblically grounded or women's ministry leader or Bible study leader who's grounded in the word, wrestle with them, but don't just go to other people, go to God. Yeah. I love that. That's a great admonishment for us as we are moving into the heart and the depth of this conversation is don't leave it there. Ask the questions. It's okay, but don't leave it there. It's not sustainable for us as humans to just leave it there. You got to go deeper and beyond that. So, you know, I think maybe one of the first things that we need to do for those that are listening is to help them have a biblical definition of what faith is, because faith is a word that you hear used generically all the time, all the time. Just keep the faith, have faith, don't lose your faith, you know, dig your heels in and have faith. I've got faith in you. Yes, I've got faith in you. You can do this. We could go on and on and on. That is so abstract. That is not like, what is that even? Like, am I having faith in myself? Am I having faith in circumstances? Because I'll tell you what, after 45 years on the earth, I can tell you that having faith in myself and in circumstances is probably not the right way to go. So this ain't going to go well. No, exactly. This is is not happening. This is not good. So (laughs) let's let's go there and, and talk about like when we say the word faith, what are we talking about from a biblical standpoint? I am a word girl and I love, love, love looking up words in the dictionary. In fact, as I teach Bible study, I teach the importance of, and I think all my Bible studies, most of them, there are words that you look up in the dictionary because I think so many times, and faith is one of those, you have this general understanding of it, but to put some concrete words and definition and just a simple English dictionary is a great way to do that. You can go further and we have all these incredible tools. And I know, again, another another podcast, but even looking up the original language of scripture is open to us now, which is just incredible to me. I love the Merriam-Webster dictionary online. So this is the world's Merriam-Webster Dictionary definition of faith. It's firm belief in something for which there is no proof, complete trust, strong conviction, firm in adherence to promises. And those are kind of four different definitions, but you can even see just even in the definition, the word faith, it has four or five different applications. Like here, it means this and here, it means this and here, it means this. And that's why I always like kind of going to the original language, but you know, the world puts faith in things that don't make promises. You know, you can be like, I have faith in my team. They're going to do it. Or I have faith in you. You're going to do well on this test. Well, there's no promise that you're going to do that. So, you know, you're putting your faith in something that is not sure, which means that, you know, trust in those things is misplaced faith. And that's, I think, where a lot of times we kind of get a little bit of a misunderstanding, which makes biblical faith, faith in God or God's faithfulness really muddy for us sometimes. So the Greek word for faith literally means to be persuaded. 
And I'm going to read the actual definition because they always do such a great explanation. There's, it's called the helps word studies. One of the things that I always teach in Bible study is about the cultural context, you know, that words mean different things then than they mean now. And so it always kind of adds a little bit of that cultural context and understanding around the word. So this is what the Greek word, the original language word faith. So when you see faith in your Bible in the New Testament, It is always a gift from God and never something that can be produced by people. In short, faith for the believer is God's divine persuasion and therefore distinct from human belief and confidence, yet involving it. The Lord continuously births faith in the yielded believer so they can know what he prefers. Man, that's powerful. Right? I love, 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 love words, y'all. Faith is not something we can muster up in our own strength. It's something that God grows in us. So it's a process and it requires us to be yielded. It requires us to be surrendered. It requires us to be humble. It requires us to lay aside our preconceived notions of who God is and what we think he's supposed to do for us so that we can know what he prefers, what his will is, what it looks like to walk in his ways. And um, it is something that he is, you know, Hebrews 12 talks about how Jesus is the author of our faith. He is the source of our faith. And so faith starts with a yielded heart, and then it continues to grow as we humbly surrender and open our hands and go, Lord, teach me so that I can know your way and your will. That is so profound. I hope everybody just took notes. When you were talking about that, I muted myself and wrote down three or four notes like because I want to remember some of what you just said. It's so good as I'm leading my children and trying to learn how to you know, how to walk in faith. These are so, so important. So I have a question for you that's a little bit unscripted. So don't shoot me. My question is, you said we can't really muster faith. It's not something like faith is given to us as we come to Christ at that initial point, faith is given to us. We grow in our faith as we walk with God more. So it comes from relationship with him. But is there a point we we maybe can't muster it on our own, but is there a point where we can choose it? Yeah. And I think that's really the key in making sure that we understand that it's a yielded believer, that it's a surrendered heart. We have to choose faith. I do believe that we have to make a choice to surrender. And I think that, you know, as we talk about reconstructing faith, that is the difference between somebody who deconstructs and questions God and leaves it there. And somebody who is says, God, I think I've misunderstood something. Will you help me believe? Will you help me see? And and genuinely seeks for his answer and not the answer you want. Um, and so I think there, you know, that's why I think part of that definition is that it's distinct from human belief, but it involves it. And I think that as we continually come to him with our open hands and humble hearts and questions, and then he so graciously, he does not long to hide from us. God's not playing hide and seek with us. Um, but when we come to him and we say, Lord, help me understand you in this, um, he, he teaches us. And then that shores up our faith. It grows our faith, which grows our confidence. And so the more we do that, and that really has been a huge part of my story is because five years after my husband's diagnosis, we are now and still in 
very much a crisis mode with the health of one of our kids. And it is far worse and far more challenging and far more devastating in a lot of ways. He has type one diabetes, which is lifelong. It's moment by moment. It's life and death every day. And it's hard, but because of what God did in my faith seven years ago, as we walked through a health crisis with my husband, when this happened, my faith was standing on a firmer foundation and he is still teaching and growing us in new and different ways in our faith through this. And, you know, I know that the more we keep surrendering and coming with hope and harms and going, Lord, what do you want to teach us about who you are through this? How do I, you know, help me learn how to walk through this? Um, he is faithful to grow that faith in us. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I think that's a fantastic and profound definition of what biblical faith is. What do you believe is the root of our culture's apparent crisis of faith? We've kind of alluded to it, but I just want you to state it for the record. I think we've just done a really poor job of elevating the truth of scripture in a lot of ways and equipping, particularly as women, to know how to study scripture for ourselves so that we have a source of truth that we can rely on. For a lot of years, you know, I was what I call a librarian where I was curating all these other people's opinions about the Bible, but I didn't know how to read scripture for myself. And I had grown up in church. I had gone to a Christian school. No one had ever said, here's how you study scripture and newsflash, you can. Like God has given you the Holy Spirit to do that. And so what I realized is that I didn't understand God's character. You know, in Exodus 20, where God is giving the Ten Commandments, one of those is to not take the Lord's name in vain, which points to use his name as if it has no value or to misuse his name. And y'all, I just, I realized that so many of us, myself included, are walking around misusing God's name every day. It's not just saying, don't say, oh my God. It's literally like saying he's faithful and misusing it in an inappropriate, in a certain situation. You know, when, when that good thing happens in our life, that is pointing to his sovereignty or his generosity, but it is not his faithfulness because those things are not promised to us in scripture. And I think a huge part of that was that I had a wrong approach to scripture. And this is really the foundation of, of feasting on truth in my ministry and my Bible studies as shifting toward a God-centered approach to scripture instead of me-centered. So me-centered is like reading scripture and going, what does this say about me? So if you're reading your Bible and the word me is in the question you're asking, most likely you have a me-centered, you know, what is my identity in Christ? What does this say about me? And all of those things, not necessarily, again, bad things to answer, but if you separate them from understanding who he is first and foremost, because the Bible is a book about God. It's not a book about us. And we have to know the truth of what's in there, because if we don't, we are at risk for Satan getting this foothold and causing us to question who God is and and what he has said to us. And so I think that there's a lot of misinformation, you know, where we take these little snippets off Instagram. Like you were saying, I used to disciple a group of high school girls and I would screenshot things off of Instagram and I would send them to them and I would say, tell me in scripture why this is incorrect. <laughs> and it was really fun. They used to love I it. I love that game. <laughs> <laughs> it was really great. It was really great. 
And then they would, they would screenshot things that like a pastor said or something. They'd be like, okay, this kind of sounds true, but tell me, you know, is it, you know, and I would be able to kind of walk them through how to really understand to take it to scripture and compare it against scripture. And, but all of that starts with knowing scripture. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have a saying and someone who's listening now will, who has listened to me for any amount of time will, will be like, yeah, I've heard that before. Um, it's something that I felt like the Lord gave me a long time ago. And it, it's, uh, it has led me, if you will, in being able to ask questions of God when I don't understand something in a, I feel like a more positive way, but it's that initial challenge of admitting that there's a problem, right? right. <laughs> um, and that is, I've always said, if if what I believe to be true, and what if God, and what God's word says is true, are two different things, then I'm the one that's wrong. Correct. <laughs> and so I have yeah, to be then willing thing. to go and figure out what's right. I can't just wallow in my wrongness, right? Like I, I can't just be like, no, I'm wrong and whatever. I got to step out of that and live in the rightness at some point. So if the root of it is this misunderstanding of of scripture, then how do we fix that? What's the solution? We got to learn how to read scripture. <laughs> so yeah, we absolutely. need to. And I know that's your passion. It is. It is. And actually, so as part of this podcast, I'm doing a companion deeper dive on my Feasting on Truth podcast. And so, because time here doesn't warrant going deeper into that idea of God centered Bible study and how to approach scripture in that way. So, you can hop on over to the Feasting on Truth podcast and just posted today is some additional teaching on how to have that God-centered Bible study. I'm telling you, if this was the only thing you do in Bible study, you will find your your faith changing. It has completely rocked my faith in the most amazing way because I see God now in a way that I had never seen Him before. And what I have seen Him grow in my faith in the last seven years, it's almost like it fast-tracks it because it led me to Him. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll have a link to that in the show notes as well so that you can find where you're going and we can help navigate you. I just want to camp on one thing you said as we're closing. I think sometimes we feel like God's faithfulness shows up in what he does for us. That's Ooh, what we've been yeah. saying is one of the problems with us understanding what faithfulness and faith is. But what you just said is the the truth and that is that God shows us his faithfulness and giving us more of himself mm, yes. in the midst of those struggles. Yeah. That's what it is. That's yeah. that's it right there. And so I would just encourage everybody to go and listen to today's episode on Feasting on Truth. Just hang up here and go ahead over there if you want to take that next step in really being able to fix the problem. Now we know what faith is. We know that asking questions about God is okay, but we can't live there. We have to do the work of of reconstructing the things that we um, are questioning about God. And we know that the way to do that is by going deeper into God's word and understanding the way to approach it and how to study it so that it can give us the answers that we need in order to be able to live out our faith and walk in our faith in a real, true, biblical way. Thanks so much for being with us today, Erin. We're going to be back next week to talk about another element of understanding your faith and knowing what faith is and how to live it out in your lives. 
Don't forget to order your copy of Everyday Prayers for Faith now at millionprayingmoms.com. You're going to want that. It's going to be a great companion to everything else that we're doing on the podcasts and all the places right now to help you reboot your faith this January. You can grab it at millionprayingmoms.com or anywhere books are sold. Till next time, friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Million Praying Moms podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Go check them out. I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.